0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church sermon podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. So we're going to talk about how hope is realized and fulfilled through the person of Jesus Christ. Love is one of the, the next theme and uh, Kathy Spaulding will be here next week speaking on the how love is realized in and through Jesus Christ. Peace realized, and joy realized. And so we're going to look at each one of these themes, these ideas, and how uh, through relationship with God, through faith in Jesus Christ, uh, we can experience the fullness of hope, the fullness of love, the fullness of peace, and the fullness of joy. And we want to, in the season, you know, it's very easy to be caught up with all the other aspects of of Christmas. And you know what? Um, some, Some Christians... (laughs) Get anti-Christmas. <laughs> and I think Christmas is great, all right? I love it that uh, families gather together and we buy gifts for one another and uh, have, have family reunions, and that's a fantastic aspect of, of Christmas, and we want to celebrate that. But we want the focus of Christmas to be more than just a simple holiday and a declaration of the gospel, And so we're going to use these themes and use Advent and talk through the Christmas story as a proclamation and a refocusing of the the message to the message of the gospel. We're going to read from a very traditional um, Christmas passage, and this is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 4 through 14. It says, Joseph also went up from Galilee. This was his response to the call uh, by Caesar to have a census to... And wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, living in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace Goodwill toward men. Gosh, wouldn't you want to be there and see that? You know, what do you think those shepherds felt in that field? They weren't terrified. <laughs> They'd never gone to a movie, right? <laughs> This is something way out of their experience. The whole heavens, the the sky lit up, and there were angelic beings and then a chorus of angels singing. And as far as we know, it all happened, and then poof, they were gone. (laughs) Because they were like, what do we should do? Let's go check it out. (laughs) You know, and I just, just sometimes we read to these stories, and we're so familiar with them, and we don't realize, these were real people. Shepherds were like, if you couldn't get a good job, you were a shepherd. (laughs) Okay? Seriously. And so, these were just, just laborers. And they were out in the field, day in and day night. Who knows how many years they'd been out in the field. They had never seen something like this. And so just think of what was sparked in their souls when they witnessed heaven, the heavens, the skies light up, and the declaration, they're the first to hear, Christ is Lord, and he is born today. I just think it's amazing. And uh, what an experience for them. And we have a video. Hopefully it'll work. Are you ready? Because it's Christmas and sometimes we like to do this. Okay. Hallelujah. Hope is rising. And so today we're talking about the the hope realized in Jesus Christ. And it came through the birth of a child. Yeah. And I don't know anyone personally that has witnessed. How many have witnessed the birth of a child? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't witness that and not walk away impacted, if not completely changed. Uh, I certainly was uh, changed my life, which I'll never forget the moment my first uh, child was born. I knew right then nothing was going to be the same ever again. <laughs> and if you're a parent, you know, nothing is ever the same. And it was equally so with each one of my four. That that at that, that moment, there's just there's just everything comes into focus, and there's just a realization that uh, this is what life is all about. So the, you know, the birth of a child isn't just a cute, meaningful emotion. It is a meaningful emotional event in a person's life. It's powerful. All right, it has the power to change our perspective, to change our lives. And so, <clears throat> really, the birth of a child is the ultimate expression of hope, you know? Because no matter how hard life is, and whatever you're going through, uh, you know that there's a future. When you, when you see that baby come out, and you go, wow, this child, this child's going to live, you know, and this child has a future, it's like, it's like you're holding the future uh in your hands, and regardless of the troubles that you're going through, regardless of the difficulties, there's something that comes over you that is overwhelming. And that's how we're wired, OK? That when we see that new life burst forth, that we just go, wow, the <laughs> awe, the majesty of it. Um, I, I was going to get some pictures. And I thought I'll just use some, some of my pictures. Um, this is my dad. who's long dead. He's been dead for over 20 years. But he was holding my firstborn, Tori. And it was his first grandchild. I mean, you can just tell, right? That's precious. Was the, the, he only came down to Kalamazoo twice when I got married. And for this, (laughs) he never visited, you know, we we would go up there a lot, but uh, uh, he came down to see his first grandchild. This is my daughter, Emily, holding William, Um, our second daughter holding our our third child, William, who's now 19 and (laughs) 6'2". You know, just you can see that she's just precious. It's precious, isn't it? Yeah, it's powerful. And this is one of my favorite pictures because it's all four of mine. And uh, uh, just loving on and celebrating the birth of our youngest, Lewis, who turns 18 this summer, you know. And so that, that moment of birth is powerful. Even children recognize it's powerful. And this final picture is my firstborn holding her firstborn, my first grandchild. And so, you know, the right of a grandparent is to show pictures of their grandkids. So get used to it. <laughs> and she's now two and a half and sweet as can be and doesn't stop talking, just like your mother. <laughs> so this idea, you know, this, this, this um, feeling that you feel when you see a new baby, an infant, and, and especially the powerful feeling you experience when you witness the birth of a child It's interesting that God chose to communicate hope to the world through the birth of a child. All right? Think about this for a minute. Prophecies of old. Isaiah chapter 7. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Remember in that little video, there hadn't been a sign for 400 years that was a number of years from the ma- end of the Old Testament writings, the last prophet Malachi, and the intertestimonial period and, uh, between the Old Testament and New Testament. There were 400 years. How long has the United States been around? <clears throat> you guys are really good at math. <laughs> I remember, yeah, the bicentennial, right? So it's uh, 230 years or so? 242. Okay, so that's almost twice as long as the United States has been in existence. That's how long it had been since there was a prophet. Can you imagine? And all of a sudden, the sky lights up and the angels appear and says, now's the time. And it was prophesied that a virgin will conceive a child she will give birth to a son, and he will be called, and, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So there's a couple of things in here. One, God chose to come as an infant. It wasn't an accident, it wasn't his only option. It was on purpose. And, and he came as Emmanuel, all right? Very significant uh, name. God with us, that God was coming to dwell with mankind. What a radical, radical idea, especially to those people in Israel who had been taught for. Over a 1,000 years, almost 2,000 years, the identity of God as the perfect and holy one that is in heaven and can only be interacted with once a year when the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies and no one else is allowed to go in and even he has to prepare himself and, and to be, uh, go through all these rituals to go into that Holy of Holy place. And all of a sudden, everything changes and, and God says, no way, I'm actually going to come to you. Wow, and I'm going to be with you, God with us. That's his name. Paul explained this experience in a more theological um, way, uh, unpacking it when he wrote to the church in Philippians. He's talking about the same experience. He's talking about when God became a man, but he kind of explains it a little more thoroughly. says, though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. All right? In other words, he didn't have to hang on to that. He was comfortable in his identity. All right? He knew what he was got. He didn't have to cling to it. Instead, he was willing to give up his divine privileges. All right? He gave up his divine privileges. Jesus chose to leave heaven and come. Right? And he took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And so here you have in this one little statement this span of Jesus going from the courts of heaven, sitting on the throne, willingly stepping out of that, taking upon himself, and one way you can describe it is that he took upon Humanity. He clothed himself with humanity. All right? He was fully God, but he became for our sake fully man. And that wasn't it. He came in the humble form of an infant. You know? Infants are are pretty needy people, aren't they? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. Who's the servant here? You gotta feed them. You gotta clean them. You gotta clean up their poop for like a, a years, right? Years. <laughs> I was like, and all my kids, and I'm like, there's no I realized, especially with my boys, I'm like, there's like a two year window where I get them to mow the lawn, and then that's it. They're all moved out, you know. <laughs> so all that for two years, I am mowing my lawn, and jeez. <laughs> All right, God humbled himself and came as a human and then he takes it to the extreme. He humbled himself to die a criminal's death on the cross. Why? Because he loved us, all right? And hope is realized, it's it's made real for every person on planet Earth because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus' coming, because of his living, his life, but also because of his death because he chose to live with us. Another prophecy from Isaiah concerning the incarnation is in Isaiah chapter 9. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity the passionate commitment of the lord of heaven's armies will make this happen wow all right so this child it starts with a child but he doesn't stay a child right this child has a destiny and that destiny is to rule and he's going to have a government he's going to have a kingdom And his kingdom will be uh, defined by his character. And his character is written out here. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. And his government and its peace will never end. So there's just this incredible promise of hope for mankind in the rule of Jesus Christ who came as a child, and that's something that we can count on because it says this hope is backed by the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Huh? Wow. That means God's really—he's really committed to this. Yeah. God's passionate about this, and the whole the host of heaven will enforce this. Right? This is hope. Mm-hmm. This is why we have Christmas. This is why this this holiday is celebrated and why we look to it and we remember it. Not just, oh, this is something that's happened, it's cute, and it's a nice little Christmas card. No, this is hope invading hopelessness. Okay? Life invading the kingdom of death. All right? Light invading the kingdom of darkness to bring about a transformation. He's bringing his kingdom, and his kingdom will be wonderful. He'll be the Father. He'll come with peace. It's no coincidence that the hope of humanity uh, comes through the birth uh, uh, of Jesus, and that parallels uh, the most hope-filled experience of life, seeing a baby born. All right, And so that experience, when you experience that, that the reason that has such power, I, I believe, is because it... it It connects us with the reality of the power of Jesus' birth. And when we think of Jesus' birth, we want to see that that experience that we've experienced is just a small little taste of what God was experiencing and Jesus uh, intended when he came as a baby. He could have come as an adult. He could have just shown up in his divine glory and demanded allegiance of all mankind. But he didn't do that, all right? And I think it's because the fullness of redemption, okay? And redemption is the redeeming, the buying back, everything that was lost through sin and the fall, through corruption, everything that was defiled when sin entered earth, and the enemy, the devil, was able to take over control. Everything that was defiled through the fall needs to be bought back, reclaimed, all right? And so um, redemption includes the literal rebirth of humanity. And so God needed to demonstrate that by being born, all right? God doesn't take shortcuts. And God declared this, in, in the Gospel of John, it declares this. It says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Again, a very familiar verse. But often we just quote it as like the one verse everybody has memorized. (laughs) Well, what does it say here? It says, you know, Jesus didn't come so that uh, he could uh, die on the cross so that God would accept you and love you. No! God loved you and wanted to redeem you and was willing to sacrifice his own son to come in the flesh so that you could love God because God already loves you. All right, Every man, woman, and child on planet Earth, God loves passionately, yeah. passionately enough to send His Son so that we could be rescued from the delusion of darkness and sin that we're trapped in and come into relationship with this wonderful Counselor, this Prince of Peace, Right? And that be have access into the kingdom that he is to come. I think that's a great story. <laughs> right? I think that's worth celebrating. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus was explaining this to one of the religious leaders, Nicodemus, a Jewish uh, leader who was a Pharisee. This is earlier in John chapter 3. Uh, Nicodemus came to speak with him. And Nicodemus said, Rabbi, um, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evident that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus goes, Well, Jesus, that doesn't make any sense. How can an old man go back up into his mother's womb and be born again? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. And again, this is one of those verses... Are you born again? You need to be born again. Well, I'm born again. I'm like, really? I think Nicodemus' response was, was accurate. I think Jesus chose words that would cause Nicodemus to go, Whoa, what are you talking about? And I think that when you hear the gospel, if you're hearing it clearly, the proper response is, What are you talking about? How can this be possible? All right, And if it's any less than that, then maybe you've just gone through a religious ceremony or experience. All right, Because when Jesus confronted people with the message of the gospel, almost every time they're like, what? And sometimes, remember the crowd when he said, you have to eat my flesh yeah. and drink my blood? In another place, Jesus had a whole crowd of people, thousands probably, he said, listen, guys, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he was talking about what we just experienced. He was talking about experiencing the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was like, listen, this is going to cost you something. And what did, all, what did the crowd do? Why? He was like, this guy is what? He's lost it. One point in the Bible, I love it, <laughs> is mother Mary and his brothers you're Catholic, you gotta deal with that. It says it in the Bible. <laughs> came to Jesus, and what did they say? How many remember what he Don't pastor, can't answer. Do you remember this story? I can't, I didn't look it up, but I'm just going there. <laughs> so his mother and his brothers at one point in the gospels came to Jesus as he was teaching, and as his disciples said. <clears throat> Hey, your mom and your, your your bros are out there. Your your family's out there. They want to talk to you. Yeah, and he said, "Who is my? Uh, the, you are my brother. You are my brothers, right?" But what did they come to tell him? He lost, he lost his mind. His own family. Mary was like, "I know it was all great at the beginning, but man, this yeah. Jesus—he's <laughs> <laughs> really taken it to the extreme." <laughs> That's the thing. Jesus takes it to the extreme. Yeah. And he took it to the extreme when he died on the cross. But here he's saying, you must be born again. To enter into this kingdom. To even see the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Well, that's that kingdom that the angels announced. The kingdom that was going to reflect the character of the king, which is wonderful counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father. Right? Right? This good, righteous, just kingdom that they'd been waiting for for so long was going to come through Jesus Christ. But in order to get into the kingdom, you had to be born again. And he just drops it on Nicodemus and said, no, no I'm telling you the truth. This is what has to happen. And as far as we know, Nicodemus went away going, I, I don't get it. Jesus made it clear to enter the kingdom of heaven You must be born again. This is not talking about heaven after we die. Okay? That is the fulfillment that we await for, right? That's when we we declare his return as well as his death, and we're looking forward to Christ's coming and the resurrection so that we can live fully forever in his reign. But you don't wait till then to enter into his kingdom. Because if you do, you won't. (laughs) Do you get it? If if you're like, well, I'm going to wait till He comes back. Until then, I'm going to live my own life. Well, I'm sorry that it doesn't work that way. You must be born again now. Mm -hmm. You must enter into the kingdom now. Right? in order to be positioned in the right place so that when you come, you're one of the ones where he says, good and faithful servant, servant, enter into the rest. Uh, the Father has prepared for you. Right? We have to accept it now. And I think that this is significant that we understand that even in Jesus' birth, he led by example. Okay? Jesus, and this is, it surprised me, a lot of Christians actually haven't thought this through, and maybe you have it. so if you haven't, don't feel bad, because a lot of Christians haven't. But Jesus existed for eternity. When Jesus was born, that is not the beginning of his existence. That was the beginning of his uh, becoming, taking on humanity. Okay? It says, the Bible says that all everything that was made was made through Jesus. Okay? That Jesus' word holds all things in the universe together. And so the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were active in creation. But at a certain point in time, uh, appointed by God, Jesus stepped down from the throne, took on humanity, and entered into the human race in order to redeem us. Okay? And so, in a sense, Jesus was born again, wasn't he? As a human and i think there's a significance here that we as as people need to, even though we may be adults we need to experience a new birth jesus took on our humanity so that we could take on or share in his divinity yes <sighs> all right so if you're if you're a christian if you've studied theology one of the one of the things we really fight for is the the truth that Jesus was fully God and fully man, right? So there's a big division in the historical church where a lot of Christians, or a lot of uh, early believers, there was a controversy. And the reason we recite the Nicene Creed that was written in uh, 325 was because there was a whole bunch of people that actually thought Jesus wasn't human or that he wasn't fully God. And the whole church had to come together and say, no, this is what we believe. He's fully God. Very God of very God, and he became human. He took, he became a human. So he's human in God, right? And so Jesus experienced a radical transformation when he became a human. Do you think? Do you think it was significantly different or just a little different? Huh? Significantly different. All right. What's that? I was like, now I've got feet. He's <laughs> like, And I got to eat, right? It's like, I guess, what's it? I'm feeling drowsy. God doesn't sleep, but Jesus slept. He was sleeping in the boat, right? All right and so what a radical transformation for Jesus to experience. And I want to ask you, can you say that your experience being born again is equally as radical as Jesus' experience? And if not, why not? Silence in the room. All right? So if Jesus, uh, as Lord, took upon and and left the purity, the holiness, the splendor of heaven, and entered into the darkness, the vileness of, of mankind in order to provide a way for us to enter into the fullness of heaven... He experienced such a radical transformation. His life was changed in every aspect and every, every, every dimension, every moment of his life as he walked the earth as a man was different than what it was when he was in heaven, right? And he said, you know what? You need to be born again, but you know, we're not coming from heaven into earth. We're coming from earth, a mere human existence, into a spiritual existence, We're being born again, taking on his nature, all right, which the Bible clearly says that we are partakers. This isn't Peter. We partake of the divine attributes, divine nature, all right. And so, if we are born again, we should, or at least let me just give you this hope that there is the potential for your life to be as radically transformed in the opposite direction so that you can walk in the wonder of god's counsel in the in the the fullness of living under the rule of the prince of peace in relationship with an everlasting father that you can have peace that will never end because you're living in a kingdom And you're in right relation. Are you getting it? We're born into, and I'll just challenge you, and I'm challenging me. All my sermons, I try to challenge me. If I can't challenge me, what good is it? And I'll just tell you, no. I I can't say that my experience equals Jesus's. Yet. But I see in Scripture Jesus saying, this is the pattern, follow me. And if I'm not experiencing the fullness, if my transformation is not as fully radical as Jesus, then there's more, Mark. There's more. There's more for you. There's more for me. When? Now. And ultimately, yes, when we get to heaven and all the residue and remnant and entanglements from the fall and sin are, are, are dealt with. But it's available now because you must be born again now. And today is the day of salvation. It's not something to be put off to someday, it's now. And I challenge you to press in. And I challenge you to think you know, maybe I just said a religious prayer. Have I really been born again? Has there been transformation? Am I now a spiritual being? I was born a human being. Jesus said, humans can only reproduce human, but you need to be born of the Spirit. Have I been born of the Spirit? And if so, what is the evidence of that? And if there's not any evidence, you need to say, God, I don't see any evidence. I want to be born again. I want it to be clear. I want my life to be transformed. And if you start praying like that, God's going to show up. All right? And you just might see some angels. Because he's committed passionately to see you come into his kingdom. Hope came through the world, through the birth of our Savior, which we can only realize, you know, it's unfortunate, but those who don't believe this cannot access it. Mm -hmm. All right? And so there's this doorway called belief. All right? Where you accept this to be true and then you respond to it. All right? All right? if you believed that the building was on fire, you would get out of the building. So real belief translates into change of behavior. All right? And so the hope that comes through the birth of the Savior is only realized when we enter into it and we come into experience where we, like Jesus, born again, born into newness of life, born into a new creation. The Bible actually says we become new creations. All things, have, the old things have passed away. Again, the fullness we were waiting for, but we can enter in now to a portion of it. And that's what gives us the hope to persevere when things look hopeless. That's what gives us the, gives us the confidence to not give up and to not give in when everything around us seems to be falling apart. Alright? Because I'm not going to kid you. Life is tough. Life is pain. (laughs) And I am trying to sell you something. I'm trying to sell you the kingdom. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) King of kings, would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you that you came, that you surrendered everything to rescue us. And Lord, Lord, in response, we surrender everything to gain you. I pray that each person here would experience that fullness of what it means to be born again and that we'd step into your kingdom and experience that peace and the, and the wonder and the counsel and the love of a, of a heavenly Father that we're never alone, that, that, you, that you favor us, that we are your sons and daughters in whom you are well-pleased, and Father, we'd hear that even as your son Jesus heard that declared from the heavenlies. We'd hear it in our hearts and our souls on a, on a daily basis. Father, I pray that we would be able to live out this wonderful kingdom life that you've called us to. And Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the celebration of your birth and incarnation. And we look forward to your return where we can, we can see the fulfillment. And I pray that everyone here uh, would have the privilege to share this message during this Christmas season with someone else, Lord, someone who hasn't experienced new birth, that you would would honor and that we would be given the gift of leading another person into relationship with you, of, of being a midwife at the birth of a new soul into the kingdom. I pray that each person here would have some part in that, Father, so that we can all rejoice Uh, just like a family rejoices when a new child is born. We bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we have our prayer team over here, and they will pray with you, infant in hand. Uh, And and on this side is our our Raymond team. These are just people who have uh, gone through some training so that they can take uh, words from the word of the Lord that they feel are apply to you uh, in the moment, and they only pray for one or two each service, so it's a powerful... Uh, in meaningful ministry. Uh, So take advantage of either or or both. And uh, we have great snacks back in the family room. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thanks for coming. Next week, Kathy Spaulding will be here talking about Love Realized. Hallelujah.